Greetings and welcome to Hello Pine Knob, the official podcast for Pine Knob's 50th anniversary. I'm Gary Graff, and throughout the season, we're celebrating by taking a look at Pine Knob's present, and especially its past, revisiting some of the most important events in the theater's history and talking with some of the folks who made it. After 50 years and more than 3,100 events, there's more than we'll be able to jam into these episodes, but hey, that's why there's a next season. Since the start of the 2022 season in May, Visitors to the Pine Knob Music Theater have been greeted by the official 50th anniversary photo exhibit sitting outside the venue's west entrance. Starting with photos from the first concert, David Cassidy on June 25, 1972, the exhibit, which can also be found online at 313presents.com, takes us through highlights from the venue's five decades, showcasing the performances and performers, as well as the fans who made Pine Knob a legendary stop on the entertainment touring circuit. The exhibit was the work of a committee, which spent more than a year conceiving the project. The heavy lifting, however, was done by photo curator Meg Handler. A Detroit native who now resides in Chicago, Meg saw her first concerts at Pine Knob during the 1980s. She spent three decades working as a curator, photo editor, and photographer, including serving as the photo editor of The Village Voice in New York City. In 2017, Meg co-curated the seminal exhibition, Whose Streets? Our Streets, New York, 1980-2000. Her current project, Postcards from Forever, is dedicated to abortion rights and features both past and present photographs from several countries, illustrating the ongoing global struggle for reproductive justice. Meg spent months going through the tens of thousands of photographs, working with 16 photographers to find the very best images with which to tell the Pine Knob story. It was an arduous labor of love, and we spoke with Meg to tell the story of how the exhibit came to be. Our thanks to Meg Handler for talking about the Pine Knob 50th Anniversary Photo Exhibit. Make sure to check it out at the West Entrance on your next visit to Pine Knob, or look it up online at 313presents.com. I first started thinking about a Pine Knob photo exhibit in May of 2020 when I saw photographs by Andy Freeberg of fans at Pine Knob. He had started posting on Instagram these beautiful portraits, people on the lawn, people in seats, people posing for portraits, and they were all black and white, late 70s photographs. Andy and I got into a conversation and I realized that he worked with a photographer named Daryl Pitt. Daryl had been a family connection to us. My brother and sister worked at Pine Knob, my brother as a ranger, maybe, and my sister as an usher. So it sparked this idea of, well, if Andy Freeberg has all these pictures of fans and there were some performance pictures, but what what else is there? May of 2020, I see Andy's pictures. In March of 2021, Howard mentioned that he wanted to do an exhibition, that, that there was not a full archive and that the history of Pine Knob and pictures would have to be researched. Since I have been working in the photography business in various different parts of it, I have a lot of connections to photographers all over the country. Ironically, some of them knew photographers in Detroit who had photographed at Pine Knob. And I spoke to you, Gary, 
who suggested some photographers. I spoke to some other friends and former editors of music magazines and things like that. And I began to compile a group of photographers who I knew had photographed at Pine Knob. Thus began the research. What was the story you felt like you wanted this exhibit to tell? Well, the story I wanted to tell was similar and maybe sparking a little off my own story, which is that as a teenager, that is where I went to concerts. And it was an easy, open environment that was safe and fun and we could go there as kids. And I, I think that was my first sense of freedom in my own little suburban world. I could go to a concert with my friends and rock out, get stuck in traffic, have fun going there. And it was a real event, but we did it a lot because I'm involved in the history of photography and the history of pop culture. I, I, I really started thinking well, if that's my experience, then that's experience of people over this 50-year period of being young and free and sitting outside listening to your favorite band of that decade. A lot of it, I, I, I was thinking about people's memories and past experiences there, but I was also thinking about culture, fashion, hairstyles, language, visual language changes over time. And when I say visual language, it's from the technical aspect to the cameras people use. They shot film through the transition from analog to digital and how photographers began to shoot that. And so I wanted to look at that arc of social, cultural, just pop culture change. What does that look like? The bands all represent that. Each decade, the performers, I think, give you a pretty good idea of what was going on at that time. Talk a little about the process. I mean, you looked at a lot of photos for this. What was it, what was it like, you know, getting because this was in some ways your your life part of your life flashing before your eyes to see all these photos. But what was the experience like of looking at thousands of pine knob photos? Well, it was definitely fun. What was personally incredible for me was to see, and it, it would be Ross Marino's photographs because though Ross was shooting when I was a kid and going to Pine Knob. So seeing some of Ross's photos and thinking about, was I at that concert? Is, is this a photograph of what I saw? And, and, and just kind of reliving those feelings and that experience through some of Ross's photos. Um, so that, so that was really interesting the process itself, well, it was kind of unique in how we had to start the research because there were so many concerts at Pine Knob over 50 years. You had to assume that not every one of them was photographed. So at the beginning, you, I compiled a list of bands that, and artists that I thought 
were going to be the most visual, would be the most popular, fun to look at. But that didn't necessarily mean that there were going to be pictures from those shows. And as I started, I realized that this is not maybe the best way to go about this. I have to go to photographers and say, what do you have from Pine Knob? It was random in, in that sense. Some people could check bands off the list, like Ken Settle had a lot of shows. He was able to submit a lot of material. So it was really based on the idea of who was I going to get the most material from and what was going to be the most extensive coverage was based on how many shows people had been to and photographed. And it was also based on what photographers had accessible to them. For example, Daryl Pitt had never really scanned his archive. So with Daryl, I, I had to look at analog physical contact sheets and negatives and slides, and it was random. I happened to find Teddy Pendergrass. I happened to find Bob Seeger. That was what was in the boxes. So in this way, the randomness allowed for the narrative because it still was representative of what you saw at Pine at that time in the late 70s. It was a different kind of journey with each photographer. Were there any particular, any of these in particular that you felt were kind of holy grail finds or I guess yes. pers personal favorites? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> the Bob, the Daryl Pitt, Bob Seeger show was a holy grail find because it was a complete set of one show, technically photographed, perfect. And Daryl and Andy had incredible access. So they were able to move around the stage. They were able to get on the stage. So that allowed them to frame their photographs differently than most music pictures you see from back then or even from now. So there were some real artful pictures in there that we didn't get to use. There's a shot of Alto Reed up on a riser playing his sax. And it's incredible. It's just a beautiful fine art photo. It wouldn't have been proper for our show the way we did it. But the Bob Seeger stuff was really, really great. And also Daryl's Joni Mitchell pictures. His Joni Mitchell pictures, we were able to show one, but the full band, Michael Brecker, Jaco Pristorius, they're incredible pictures. The Ted Nugent photo by Sue Plummer, where it's a classic Ted Nugent picture in the sense you see his beauty. And I understand their issues with Ted Nugent, but there was a moment in time where he had youth and power and it's a gorgeous, it's just a gorgeous photo. And those are nice finds. Ross Marino's archive is mind-blowing. I wanted early Beastie Boys. There was early Beastie Boys. Metallica pictures. That Ross's archive is incredible. Uh, and he spent a lot of time at Pine Knob. And 
the Holy Grail, which we were not able to really show our Andy's fan photos because Andy's fan photos show, again, a moment in time, two years at Pine Knob of a bunch of Detroiters going to shows. The later, I don't know if I'd call them Holy Grails, but I would call them Great Finds, is having gone through all the house photography which there's a massive amount of, and finding the gems. Mirek's um, corn photo is incredible. There's a ton of Chris Schwegler pictures that are incredible. So those were, those, those were fun because I think that those kinds of pictures, these great house photography photos can sometimes get lost in the mix of all of the publicity photos and things like that. Uh, you ra- And you raise an interesting point here. I mean, one of the most challenging things about doing this or any exhibit really is there's so much more that you love and that could, you know, you would love to be part of it, but obviously you're limited by space budget and, and other things, right? Right. And collaborating. And I think this is really important. My original vision was, and you saw the original presentation of this, was to look at it chronologically. Because I think like a curator, I want to create a narrative. I'm thinking very traditionally, this is a visual timeline of Pine But once everybody looked at it and we talked about it, that was not the best way to present it. The best way to present it was in these groupings, these genre ideas. And I think that was better for you to write to, to tell a few stories with. The timeline idea can be very staid and one has to be quite thoughtful when they're walking through a timeline. And that's just not the venue that we were presenting this at. And so the idea of presenting it in genres and special Bob Seeger section, a special fan section. I think this ended up making more sense for the viewer and for the audience. As I said to a friend, before a show or after a show, people aren't going to want to do a lot of thinking. They just want to walk by, look, see a picture of their favorite artist, maybe take a picture next to it and keep going. And I think the way we did it works really well for that. Back to the Holy Grail, because I didn't mention the most important thing, which the Holy Grail is obviously (laughs) the David Cassidy pictures. The David Cassidy pictures, to be able to find the first show photographs from the first, very first show, and to have them be really good photographs was a miracle really a miracle. To add to that, the ticket, the story behind the ticket is that after I got Frank Pettis's photos, I went to see Sue Plummer for the first time. We were going through photos and Sue says, oh, you know, I bought my sister tickets for the David Cassidy show for her 16th birthday. And she pulls out this envelope with a ticket in it. You know, it was the original ticket, the little ticket envelope that you could get. And so she saved that. She saved the ticket and she had a stack 
of photographs of the concert that they took with a, you know, a 110 millimeter camera and they're really out of focus and everything like that. But not only did I see, did we get this professional document of the first concert, but then we got this little fan package, which was amazing. So that's how we have the ticket to the first Pine Knob concert by David Cassidy. It is. You ready to, uh, you already working on the 60th? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not sure we're prepared to do this again. I did compile thousands of pictures. One of the things that was interesting and challenging for me was to find pictures that were not the usual music photo that you would see of a singer and a microphone or a guy with a guitar, because we've seen all that. So that was fun. And I, I was able to pull out some unique images that might be unexpected for people. That's it for this episode of Hello Pine Knob. You can catch other episodes wherever you get your podcasts, including odyssey.com and via 313presents.com. For more information about Pine Knob's 50th anniversary season, brought to us by United Wholesale Mortgage, Trinity Health, and Ally, and all of 313 Presents events, visit 313presents.com. I'm Gary Graff. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.